Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is May 22nd, 2012. And tonight we have what I hope it will be a funny show. Um, This is going to be a show where I have rewritten, um, let's see, somebody has a new blog. Did you create a new blog? MFC sixty six. You'll send me the send me the link. Um, uh, you don't know if you have it. Oh well, I have it. I wonder if are you at a computer that I could just email it back to you. Um, otherwise, I can read it. Um, but I would love it if you did it. So what I did is because I couldn't get a hold of you, Gunther. I'm talking to somebody that's in the chat room. Gunther two thousand is a blogger, friend of mine, and um, he had the first radio show and that then inspired me to do mine but um so i will be forever grateful to you gunther for that that's for sure and he wrote a really funny and a great uh redo of chapter five but i couldn't get a hold of you so oh you started it okay so tell me um somebody started a new blog can you type in what it is and um that's awesome i think we're going to start a new forum okay so I want to start off, I've been trying to read some uh, news stories, and here is just what somebody put on one of my blogs. It says, I have attended AA and NA fellowships for the past 18 years, clean the whole time, and have the following observations to make, at least as they pertain to Southern California and the issue of predatory behavior. One, under no circumstances would I ever suggest that a female, regardless of age, attend an AA or NA meeting without a strong friend or a family member in their immediate presence at all times, period. It is generally not a safe environment for traumatized and or vulnerable women to be in by themselves. Yes, men can be victims too, but for the most part, women are the ones being preyed upon in alarming numbers too. Predatory behavior is rampant and openly tolerated even by those in positions of service and leadership, thus allowing sick behaviors to continue and escalate. I've seen it many times. I have seen more sickness co-signed in the name of tolerance than I care to mention. Wow, that's one of, one of the things I really saw too. It's very disturbing. Under the guise of being non-judgmental, the sickness is allowed to continue unabated. 
Three, under no circumstances whatsoever would I ever bring minors to AA or NA meeting, especially young girls, period. I have witnessed countless times where young girls have been preyed upon immediately upon their arrival in the rooms. As the drug courts flood AA and NA with thousands of people, the situation only appears to have gotten worse. There are a lot of people arriving with an agenda that does not appear to include recovery. Four, the 12-step recovery community needs to wake up and address this issue head-on. Everyone is responsible for doing their part. In spite of personal attacks and character assassinations, I will continue to speak out about these injustices and the destruction of the fellowship that is caused as a result. It saddens me to see where the fellowship is heading. In number five, in spite of their shortcomings, the fellowships still have a lot to offer, but it is only through concerted awareness and effort on the part of those who care enough to take a stand that anyone else will be able to avail themselves of the benefits of recovery. Um, let's see, please spare me the you bashing AANA responses. Um, I answer to a higher authority, God, he posted. So I want to thank this poster who posted on, I'll keep him anonymous, um, on May 16th, 2012, um, it's a great post that I've added to the rest of my stuff. So I'm going to start with, um, so we have a guest. We have Amy Lee Coy Gunther and MFC66. Um, it has a forum. Let's see. Um, the new forum that was created is called Recovering from Recovery. Oh, what a great name. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Um, let's see. Uh MFC66, he's from the UK, Amy. He is MFC66, is a blogger who I met on Stinkin' Thinkin', right? And didn't, I think Gunther had you on the show, um, if I'm right, right? Weren't you a guest on his show? So, um, hi, everybody. I am so glad to have you here. So I'm going to just do a 45-minute show tonight. I'm kind of out of breath because I was, like, running around and buying vegetables. I'm planting a garden, a vegetable garden, and with my friend Karen and... Um, Okay, so here's my chapter five. All right, here we go. Rarely have we seen a person follow this path. Okay, I know, Gunther, that's your, I think that's your first line as well, but you can't really, that's the way that one has to go, right? Yeah, you were on that show. Hi, Keeper. Um, rarely have we seen a person follow this path. Those who do recover usually fail to completely commit themselves entirely to the wills and wants of this program's sacred leaders and unsellable dogma. Usually men and women who are constitutionally capable of absorbing bullshit. They are not at fault. They have been born that way. Those who give themselves completely to this program usually find themselves being lost and doing dry cleaning for members of the Pacific Group and cleaning up their dog poo in their backyard for free. They will tell you that you have to be rigorously honest with yourself, but they do not follow the same rules. You are beneath them until you prove yourself to be a self-appointed guru and untrained leader such as they are. You may have heard of people who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but we know the only true disease is our special variety of alcoholism. We have surgery with no pain medication. For mental illness, we pray and meditate, and for childhood abuses, we ask you, what was your part in it? If you cannot be honest with yourself, it's not your fault. You were born that way. You were born broken, and you're going to stay that way forever. That's okay. So are we. Despite science's obsession with facts, the treatment of alcoholics in our society today are treated with religious dogma written in this book from 1936, but we pretend it's a current approach to healing. We have overcome their attempts to disprove us, and our holy program is in 95% of the rehab centers in the country. But who cares? We know better. 
Some of us are arrogant, self-important, A, old-timers, who know more because we haven't had a drink in a few decades. Now shut up and listen. If you can get honest, you may recover, but we doubt that because we are sick at a very deep level and broken to the core. We are like men who have lost their legs. We never grow new ones. Even though science has proven this wrong, we are sure that we are special and we are right. Our, dis- our stories disclose in a few ways. We always talk about our past. We always refer back to our own stories, even when you are really in pain and need to talk about yourself. If you decide you want what we have, you better be ready to give up your current family, friends, and coworkers and spend all your time with creepy, disgusting sex offenders and violent criminals that are now being sentenced unknown to other members in the public. Beware, don't invite them to your house or have a relationship with these guys because they may kill you like they did Christine and Sandra Cass in Hawaii in August of 2010. At some of these we balked, we thought we could just sit in meetings and hit on newcomers and stay sober for years and do this, and you can do this because very few members have the balls to tell you to cut it out. Remember that we deal with sick, cunning, baffling, maniacal AA members who are arrogant, stubborn, and closed-minded. So it will be a lot of hard times and not as much fun as drinking, but this is what you'll have to put up with if you want to be cool and become an AA member like Edie Falco is from Nurse Jackie. Without help from us, you are fucked. The only one who has power besides us is God, a light bulb, a chair, or us, the group, and you better find our kind of God or you are in serious trouble. Half measures will get you into trouble with big book thumpers, so better get the lingo down fast. Here are the silly steps that Bill Wilson wrote one night while he was delirious on LSD or possibly just too high on coffee and cigarettes. One, we admitted we were powerless and our lives were unmanageable, so everything is your fault. Two, come to believe that AA was our new family and cult, and it had better be a Christian-type God or higher power or a good variety of a hippie guru God. Three, made a decision to leave our brains at the door. Four, made a writing about our worst sexual exploitations and be willing to tell them to a sponsor who will one day share them with his wife or his friends and laugh about you behind your back. Or you can tell this in a book to the whole world through Simon & Schuster, but make sure you're a famous movie star first before you do this. Otherwise, you will feel like shit after you do this in a meeting. Five, stay away from candlelight meetings. Six, we're ready to be praying for God to remove these defects for the rest of your life. Seven, humbly ask him, not her, to remove them. You will be praying on this one forever, unless you get your ass into therapy and do cognitive behavioral therapy. Eight, Make a list of everyone you fucked over and go tell them what a sorry ass you are and tell them how you slept with their wife so they can punch you in the face. Nine, actually, now go and do it or wait 10 or 20 years sober to tell them you're sorry. You know, we alcoholics, we're all really lazy asses and we're liars too. Ten, every day do a gratitude list on Facebook with people you don't you don't, with people you don't know and tell them about your intimate daily personal ups and downs even though they don't care and will never be at your side when the shit hits the fan. 11. Pray and meditate for God's knowledge. But let's be clear. We really want you to depend on another person your whole life. This is a sponsor and they will take over every aspect of your life. They would tell you who to marry, what job to take, what meetings to attend and to take off your clothes when you read your fifth step. This is a very important part of the cult. Even AA judges ask in courts these days, do you have a sponsor? And finally, after you have had this spiritual awakening, go on trains and buses and homeless shelters and prisons and hospital panels to recruit more members. And many of us exclaim, what an order, I can't go through with it. Don't worry, most of us don't do any of this stuff either. The point is, we like to talk spiritual talk, but really, most of us are lying, cheating, 13-stepping old-timers who speak spirituality with our lips, 
but are always trying to get you in bed. So <laughs> that's my version of um, that's my version of chapter five. And next, I thought I would um, let me see here. So we have a new forum up. I mean, a new blog up called Recovery. Where is it again? Recoveryfromrecovery.com. Um, wait, let me find it so I can just make that announcement. So it is called Recovery. Well, you, when you type it in again. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. And uh, I hope we have a good show. If somebody wants to call in, call in to 818-475-9211. It's 818-475-9211. I did ask if anybody had a piece that they wanted to read Um I had, um, Ironic had said that she would, but I think that she has a friend in town, so she's not going to be able to call in. Um, and so here is, uh, let me see, MFC, the site is here, Blog Talk Radio, Literature, oh, that's my blog. Oh, oh I meant yours, the new one that you put in, I think it's called Recovery from Recovery, right? So here we go, I'm going to do Gunther's. Um, rarely have we seen a person who has thoroughly followed their path. Those who do not recover are usually people who have recognized AA as a dangerous religious cult and will not give themselves completely to AA's fanatical program. The AA cult is constituted primarily of men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with anyone, including themselves. Some of them are not at fault. They were screwed the second they set foot into the church basement door. They were systematically indoctrinated into believing that alcoholics are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands any type of honesty. They should still be held accountable for the behavior that has ruined so many lives. Many AA members suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. The program requires that they believe alcoholics can never recover. Most of the people who quit drinking without AA have recovered in large part due to their self-determination and ability to act rationally. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want to leave Alcoholics Anonymous and are willing to go to any lengths to do it, then you are ready to take certain steps. I love this. At some of these, we were delighted. We were sure that we had found a more sound and reasonable way. With all of the earnestness at our command, we encourage you to be resolute and confident from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old AA ideas, and the result was no, until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with Alcoholics Anonymous, cunning, baffling, dishonest. Continuing the mental masturbation was too much for us. I forgot how good this was, Gunther. It's really good. There is only one person who has the power to overcome your alcohol problem. That person is you. May you trust and believe in yourself now. Delusions and superstitious nonsense availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We learned to protect and care for ourselves with complete self-acceptance. Wow, that's really nice. Here are the steps we took which are encouraged as a course of action to escape the AA mind trap. One, we decided we were not powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become dominated by AA. Two, came to understand that we were never as morally reprehensible as some AA members had led us to believe. Three, made a decision to turn and walk away from Alcoholics Anonymous forever. Four, made a scorching and fearless indictment against AA as an organization. Five, admitted to ourselves and another human being that we had been 
ambushed into joining a religious cult. Six, we're entirely ready to relieve ourselves of the self-defeating bullshit we were taught at AA. Seven, familiarize ourselves with cult indoctrination tactics in order that we may never fall into a similar trap again. Eight, made a list of all members who had harmed us and became willing to confront them all. Nine, called such people on their bullshit whenever possible, except when to do so would significantly injure them or others. Ten, continued to indict Alcoholics Anonymous and, when we were wrong, promptly expressed our disapproval of it. Eleven, sought, sought scientific empirical evidence that could help us to defeat addiction, focusing on ourselves as the power to carry that out. Oh, that's awesome, Gunther. That is an awesome statement. Um, Twelve, having been awakened from the AA nightmare as a result of these steps. <laughs> We tried to carry this message to other victims of AA so that everyone might know the truth about the Alcoholics Anonymous cult. You are not alone. Many of us have been misled by the religion that claims not to be a religion. Some of us suffered for years oblivious to the fact that AA offers no reliable or even sincere method to help help alcohol-troubled people to recover from addiction. When we felt hopeless, they used it against us. They told us we were powerless. They did it to break us down. They did it to make us unsure of ourselves. They did it to recruit new members for their religious cult. We're here to expose AA for what it really is. If you've tried AA over and over again, you are not getting the results you were promised. Maybe it's time you tried something else. Think about it. Wow, that's good. It's really, really, really good, Gunther. Um, I love it. Uh, so the number to call in is 818-475-9211. I have about 27 minutes left to the show. And I have not seen anything that you guys wrote because I was reading and I couldn't read the um I couldn't read what was in the chat room. Um let me see. Uh anyway, um maybe I'll just go at the bottom here. So uh Gunther, awesome. I don't know if you can hear me, so I'm just gonna well, I'm gonna type it in guys here. Uh Gunther Awesome chapter five. Um, yeah, so uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I, you know what? I think that at the very first, th- there's a guy that's approached me from one of the forums, and uh, he was emailing me from the UK, and he was like, "Let's have a, um, an, you know, an X stepper meetup." And I actually created one. Uh, you can do it just on a place called Meetup.com. And I already have um, eight people that have joined this way. And then I think once I get, maybe I'm going to wait for a couple more, maybe get about 10 or 12 and then create um, an online thing where we can discuss and then have a a face-to-face meetup. But this is for people who all leave. And, of course, there was, like, one woman who approached right away and she was like, oh, is this going to be some bashing? And I was like, I just emailed her back, and I was like, um, this is for people who have been hurt or harmed by Alcoholics Anonymous or its members. <laughs> if you love AA, I guess this is not the right meetup for you. You know what I mean? So, um, let's see. Uh, let me see. Um, some people have logged in, logged out. Hi, Sue. Hi, Amy. Hi, Mike Gunther. Um, so, we have a new forum out there, and it's Recovery from Recovery, Amy Lee Coy is in there. She wrote a book from Death to I Part and she's creating um, something that's going to be coming out and helping people. It's a, a new thing. And, uh, you know, I think that um, I, um, 
looks like recovering from recovery.com. I'll be, I'm going to go there. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think that's the name. I think that is what um, what some of us need. I think some of us don't need it. I think people leave and they do fine. But um, I think that the email that I read at the very top of the show, if somebody of you came in late, you know, it's from a guy who maybe attends both AA and NA for the past 18 years, is still clean. Um, you know, be- the beginning of it says just very clearly under no circumstances would I ever suggest that a female, regardless of age, attend an AA or NA meeting without a strong friend or family member in their immediate presence at all times, period. Um, it's a very, very powerful uh, email. Uh so some of the um there is also uh in Hank Hayes's book he addresses the the preamble um and you know my idea was that if I could have gotten you know, oh I know what I was going to say that when we have this first meetup or conference I think that er- everybody should rewrite either chapter 5 or chapter 3 or and that we read them. I think it would be pretty funny. Um for me, let me see. I wanted to see if I can find Hanks. What where is it? Um I didn't have it ready, but um where he had the a part on where he talks about the preamble, but I can just say that it's very simple as um, Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm just going to do it from the top of my head. It's a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other. They may they solve their problem problem. Well, we know that it's no longer um, a fellowship. You know, we have people being sentenced there. And um, let's see. Keeper Birds, can I write about Step 7? They get them good with that one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to write it? I mean, from the 12 and the 12? From... The twelve and twelve, yes, do it, yes, um, do it, and um, you can just be. We can figure out when you can be a guest. Um, I think that if uh, I think it'd be very funny, and I'm you know really open to it. If someone else has somebody that I know who did write uh, rewrite chapter five like Gunther did, or chapter three is a really good one. Um, I think that maybe to the agnostics would be a really, really good one uh, that you could rewrite. I think any of the traditions... Oh, yeah, that was... uh, The traditions I already kind of had worked on, but um, let me see, where is Chapter 3? If anybody... Okay, um, 818-475... Wait, yeah, 818-475-9211. So... Here, here's the part that I would love. Maybe I'll work on this for the next one if anybody wants to do it. So Chapter 3 is more about alcoholism. And this is the part that they read a lot in newcomer meetings. Yes, yes. Um, do Chapter 3 if you want, Keeper. And then we'll for the next show that I do that I don't have a guest on, um, maybe we can plan it and have people call in. So it says, most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. And you know what goes on. I don't really want to read it and give it all that time, but the part down here that really needs to be written is that we are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Can you imagine, like, this is, you know, what my son said to me. He said, um, 
that's so insulting to people who actually really did lose their legs. Like you have guys that have lost, you know, body parts in uh, this um, Afghanistan and Iraq war. A lot of them have. Um, let's see. Uh, then it says, neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. Hmm, really? We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there has been brief recovery, followed always, followed always by still a worse relapse. Always, really. You know, I think is interesting about this book with some of this stuff is that I don't think I have the energy to rewrite chapters of the big book. I have to leave that up to... <laughs> so... I don't want anyone to rewrite a whole chapter. They were these. We're just talking about the things that everybody knows really well that got read a lot. So that's chapter five, and it's chapter three, and it, you could do the traditions and the preamble or even the steps. I mean, I th- I kind of think maybe that's all that would be worth it. I, I agree with you. I don't think a whole chapter it's not wor- worth it. But what what is worth it is that when I went with Keeper. Um, they read more about alcoholism right before, you know, I got up and um, the part that it said here, um, I'm going to keep reading because it gets that we have tried every imaginable remedy. Okay, followed by a stillbirth relapse. Okay, fish, physicians. So first of all, they never had done any research. Like when he wrote this book, he was like talking about a hundred people. Um, oh, yeah. Keeper saying, would you like to do a show where we invite judges and lawyers to the show so I can tell them why I don't want them to court order anybody in here? Yes, yes. And you know what else, Keeper? Um, This is something that I'd be willing to do with you. Um, I think that uh, are you back in California um, when you're back, um, that we need to go to the nearest courthouse, and if it's even near you, we make a flyer and we actually go to talk to the judges and everybody, and you can put a, we can put a picture of your son on the flyer, just a picture of your son and tell what happened, and we could do some beginning activism there. I mean, I think that it's a good point, and I could call up some judges and see if I could get you know friendly with some people and have them on. That's a great idea, great idea, Keeper. So... It, then it goes on to physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree that there is no, this wording is unbelievable in this book. Everything is so black and white. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. And that's where they always stop. That's always where they stop. And this book was written in 35, or, you know, it was published in 39, I guess. But it doesn't matter. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, um, to think, uh, well, my book was written, the first one was 39, 1939, and then 1955 it was rewritten. So they are are sitting in meetings today with, like, this great conviction about, oh, my God, you know, like, it it hasn't, you know, that it's, you know, it's followed always by a still worse relapse. And physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree that there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic ever, ever, ever. Well, you know, we could probably call, have hundreds of people call in who are now drinking moderately. So I have a caller on the phone. I'm going to take the call. Hi, caller. You are on live. Can I have your name, please? Me? Oh, hi. Yeah. My name is uh, Danita. Hi, I'm calling from California. Okay, and, uh, how you doing? Hi, 
Um, wow, um, your show is awesome. This is the first time I ever uh, found you guys, and um, I quit AA on Mother's Day. And uh, it's been 10 days now, and I feel like a new me. And But I'm also I'm very nervous, scared. Uh, this is just new for me, you know, to be away from them. And wow. um, on and off, I've been with them for 23 years. And oh things goodness. just weren't sitting right in my gut. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm listening. Um, things just weren't setting right in my gut. And the whole thing about powerlessness and unmanageability and the God crap and, you know, if I didn't have one, I was supposed to make one up. You know, I really tried to do that for a long time, but and it didn't tell. It didn't matter if I ca- I told them I was agnostic or a- an atheist or a dog mm-hmm. sniffer. Their response was always the same. Stick mm-hmm. around long enough and you'll come to believe. And so I read the orange papers about six months ago, and it mm-hmm. confirmed everything that I have been feeling for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And, oh, God, I got goosebumps. Um, wow. I've got them now, too. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you all. You know, for being there, because you know, I was really starting to think I was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I oh, I got to tell you what I told um, my then sponsor. I said, you know, this is really starting to feel like a cult to me. And mm-hmm. she says, so what if it's a cult? It works. Oh my god. And then uh, one more thing I wanted to touch oh. upon was um, that fourth step. Mm-hmm. Boy, I you know, and I did them because I was I felt like I was forced to. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last time I did one was in 2008, and I, was, I refused to ever do anything like that again because there was a lot of molestation when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. when I, I I told about it, you know, and she said, what was your part? And I, I just, like, stymied. I was, oh, like, stun my guns. God. And I said, I said, what do you mean my part? I said, I was an innocent victim. Wow. And she said, you didn't tell anyone. And I stood up, and I grabbed my papers, wow. and I said, this is this is over with. And, you know, I with some few choice words, mm-hmm. and a lot of F words, you know, I, I said, mm-hmm. I will never do this again. Good for never. you. Wow. And, uh, Good for you. Uh, the reason, yeah, and the, the reason I, I quit going to AA on, on Mother's Day, I just, I blew up because there was three people, you know, on my butt about doing another fourth step and, you know, and talking about my mother. And it's like, I don't want to talk about my mother, okay? And, um, you know, telling mm-hmm. my whole life story and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And I finally had to tell them to back the F off mm-hmm. and um, that it's not going to happen. So, you know, and then and then it's like, you know, that was, that was the breaking point. It's like, you know what, I am not going back there. I am just not. And... Um, I well, found some good, other... Yeah, good for you. Uh, how? Where do you live? Like, what part of California? Ukiah. It's, uh, we're, um, it's up two miles, or two hours above San Francisco, up in the Redwood Forest. Mm, and the beautiful population up here there. is... Mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful here. I love it. I've lived here for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a grandma, and I love my little grandson. He's three, and my daughter's... Mm. We all live here, and yeah. I'm able to more enjoy him and her now since I quit. I, I feel yeah. like such a freedom, and and I've been getting my housework done and doing my gardening, <laughs> you know, and just being happy. And you feel free, and, so uh, you were 23 years? Is that how long you were going, was 23? 
um, on and off for 23 years. Yeah, my mm-hmm. first rehab was in 89. Wow. And, um, I mean, I had six years there and, you know, three years here and two years there and one mm-hmm. year, you know. Because mm-hmm. they always said, relapse is a part of recovery. And I was like, well, shit, you know. What choice yeah. do I have then, you know? Yeah. But I no, have I a know. drink. We have a, a blogger, too. She's uh, in the chat room, and I know that she's around for 30 years in and out, and a lot of judgment, and then Gunther, who wrote the second chapter five, was in and out. I loved what you read. <laughs> I had really fun writing. I bet you you could write a good one. I bet you Sue. I'm sorry, Sue, but I think you could. And everybody here, I know, could write a really good version of chapter five. But I had so much fun. It flew out of me this morning, uh, literally. And I, of course, had to read and rewrite it. But this whole thing of you're there with all this, t- you know, years of around, and you know. Uh, for someone to say that you need to be writing another fourth step, that was that was designed to do once, really, um, in the beginning. But I mean, you know what? I I look at the whole thing now, like it just needs to be, just re- you know, they need to start over. They just need to start over because it's so negative and um, so yeah. judgmental. And I'm really good. I, I be- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I really believe that. It- they are psychologically harmful and dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm so glad I made, I made this choice, you know, to just, ah, walk away. And um, I'm really finding out who my true friends are, and I think I've got three. Mm. <laughs> I mean, from, the, from there. Right. You know, they, they, right. they're encouraging me, you know, and they say, hey, you know, whatever works for you is great, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're encouraging me. Right, and, right. Um, we have people in the chat room who are agreeing with you. Can you see what people are writing, or are you just on the phone? I, I'm just on the phone. Where is the chat room? Um, you know, uh, yeah, you go to, yeah, if you go to com forward slash safe recovery, um, oh, then you can actually chat live and you can hear it on your computer. But it's okay. I mean, there's actually you know quite a number. I think there's like ten people that are in the chat room, and I know quite a few of them. I've met Keeper of the Birds, and I um, have Amy and I are friends. Gunther and I are our phone. You know, we talk on the phone, and Sue and I have talked on the phone. And are you okay? Oh, yeah, fine. Sneezing. Bless you. Um, so, how did you find out about the radio show? Where did you find it? Us from a link. Um... You know, I, I have to like back page my thing, and I don't want to lose this. No, that's okay. Um, you, yeah, you don't have. If you don't remember, um, I think it was on like Leaving AA or maybe Stinking Thinking or somewhere. Right. It was okay, it's on Leaving AA. That's my site. Yeah. Um, oh, so my okay. site. Yeah, that's my site. I created it. Um, I left AA myself last uh, spring after thirty-six years, and um, wow. Mm-hmm. And I felt so free. Like that picture that's on with the woman with the arms. And, and Ilse from yes. Thinking Thinking helped me kind of do it because I had stopped 13 Step. That was my first one dealing with sexual harassment. And I was in AA, still kind of true believing. But when we tried to deal with the sexual predation, I saw a side of everybody that was so evil and so, you know, not just evil, but really sick. I, I really saw the, the truth. And I, now I'm grateful that all of it happened because it, it made me leave. And when I left, yeah. I too felt so free. And my kids, I just got the most beautiful birthday card from both my sons that are so happy that I left. They said that I'm so much saner, like they like me so much better since I left AA. 
And I only went to one meeting, you know, a week, but I, I did have to go to a lot of meetings in 2009 and 2010 when I was a general service rep. And that's really what put me over the top. But I am, you know, really um, grateful uh, for all the people that I've met. And I, I'm really glad that you that you found us and me. And um, yeah, I've got to tell you something about like, somebody telling you to do another fourth. My father passed in 2008, and I got really, really sad, and it was not a good death, and he also had a problem with alcohol and drugs, and he hated AA, and it never worked for him, and I let go of all my sponsees, and I had quite a few, and um, people were, like, really annoyed with me, at some, not everybody, but mm-hmm. I called this other woman, I just reached out to this other lady that I knew from a different 12-step, and she's like, well, when was the last time you did, like, a good fourth step? And, like, I just said, what did you just say to me? I said, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like that, you've yeah. you got to be kidding me. Like that, my father just died. You don't like write an inventory because somebody, your father fucking dies of behind addiction and mental illness. And he hated AA. So, you know, I really, there's a part of me, like Keeper's out there, and Keeper still goes because Keeper goes in there and talks about how her son was killed by his sponsor, and she goes and talks about the other alternatives. And I did, too. Like my, I'm so sorry, Keeper. You know, I know it's, it's, there are times for you that are harder than others, but I um, drove all the way out where she is um, to hear her tell her whole story, and she asked me to get up and, like, speak, and I had already left AA for, like, a year, but I decided I would do it for her and for her son. And when I got up there, I started talking about alternatives. And, like, one guy yelled down and he goes, well, you're in an AA meeting. And I was like, well, that's nice. But, you know, if you really cared about the drunk, what about the people who keep drinking here and it's not working for them? You can't tell them, oh, you know, you're just not doing your steps right. And why don't you do another four step? Yeah. And, how, and how, you know, how much service do you do? And do you go to more meetings? And, you know, maybe you should take up a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, my God. You know, this is. Oh my God! The same stuff, stuff that's been going through my head mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. Uh. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So um, you know, I mean, it, it is. Um, she doesn't get asked much. <laughs> she just wrote in here. She said, "I don't get asked back much, but I speak the truth, like it or not." <laughs> yeah, you should have I, heard her story. So, oh my God! She really tells it like it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I can't go. I can't wait to go back to your site. Um. Yeah, so yeah, write to um, me. I, um, I really, I'm I, like deprogramming myself. And from what, I can't wait to read that whole, you know, rewritten uh, thing by Gunther, you know, because I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, every time uh, one of the steps or the traditions whatever, um, were rewritten, you know, and, and you read them, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I would love to go into a meeting and, and, and do what you did or, you know, um, go in and say that there's other options, you know. Yeah. yeah, I know I'll get shut down real quick, but you know what? I, I I thought I was in America and that I had free speech, but you don't have that in the rooms. You don't. Mm-hmm. It will cut mm-hmm. you off in a heartbeat. Well, you know, I um, think that when you take a cake, or uh, there's there's a place and a time that I think that if one would go take a cake, um, and if you, I've been trying to think of a way, you know, just to really be able to speak the truth. And this truth is, is that um, I left, but that I've been going to, I went to SMART and I went to an SOS meeting, and that these other ch- options are available. 
I don't believe I'm powerless. Yeah. I don't believe I have a disease. And I can me say neither. all the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can say all the things. I never believed that. No. I never. <laughs> no. I mean, you sound young. Did you go in the first time when you were in your 20s? Um, I'm actually 54. I'm going on 55. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing drugs when I was nine years old, and then, you know, I, I, I realized I had a problem when I was 32. When my daughter came up to me with a little straw up her nose and said, Look, Mommy. And I knew that was it. And But then, you know, I mean, I got six years. Three of them were through N.A., and then three were on my own. And then I made that choice, you know, to drink, you know. And mm-hmm. then any time I was, you know, upset or some tragedy would happen, you know, in, you know, in my life, um, I that was my coping skill. And um, I have a lot better coping skills today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I needed. That was my goal when I first went into um, the rehab um, in the Alameda, California. And uh, my goal was to learn how to not pollute myself and anymore, you know, and, and harm myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to learn better coping skills, to learn, you know, how to live life, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Then, and then all this spiritual stuff was thrown at me, you know, and and I don't know what I believe in, and it's nobody else's business, you know? (laughs) Right, right, that's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so when I started expressing these uh, doubts like that, I was told that I was being selfish and self-seeking and self-serving and like, well, God, I do have a self. Last time I checked, you know, and, and for... A lot of my childhood, you know, I I wasn't allowed to have that self, and now I have it, and I really like myself. I didn't for a long time. Well, we are we are, have about three minutes left. I want you to hold on a second, Danita. I want to make this announcement while I have this many people that I know in the chat room. If everybody, Gunther, I will email you back. I'll try to find it yours back to you. But Keeper, Sue, Amy, Mike, and even Danita here, who I have on the phone, if you would write, rewrite. Either chapter, you know, it's not the whole chapter, but those what what gets read in the meeting, which would be <laughs> yeah. chapter three, the first you know page. It's just a page and a quarter for chapter three. Chapter five, just rewrite the stuff that's read at every meeting, or the preamble, or you could act the, the traditions, which are completely insane now. If you look at those, you're like, oh, well, you got to be kidding. If if those were you know, really being kept, then it would say our common welfare comes first. They would have really dealt with sexual harassment right away um, in 13-stepping. You know, it's 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 bad, and I feel, you know, I, I understand what Keeper's saying here and the thing about she feels like she has to stay to, um, you know, help the people that are there to speak out and save those um, that are being preyed on. So she still goes into the rooms and does that and talks about other ways and about being empowered and looking out for the newcomer from the 13-stepping men, which she said is very bad in her area. But I got to a place that I couldn't stand the energy in it. You know, it was really, really hard. I don't care how nice they're dressed and what kind of meeting. I, c- I can't stand listening to the readings. I couldn't, when when they began to, i, I got to tell you, Anita, in the end, my last three or four months, when they read Chapter 5, I got up and went to the bathroom. You know, we got 90 seconds left. Danita, my email is makeaasafer at gmail.com, or you can reach me at, um, I'll put it up on the blog, but leaving AA is my site, okay, and I'll put it up. Yeah. 
and please contact me at that, and we can hook up. And um, if you want to go write something, you know, please do. Um, thank you for calling in. Uh, thank I really, you. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm sorry you're so far away, but um, we can talk on the phone, and you know, we can email each other. And I want to. So, if I were you, there's a new blog that got created called Recovery from Recovery from one of the guys I that love I know. It. <laughs> right, I know. I love it. We're gonna we're gonna go there, okay? And um, we're gonna see what's happening. I want to just thank everybody, Gunther. I'm so sorry. I gotta give me your new number, Gunther. I couldn't find him, so I'm gonna hang up with you and let's say good night. Okay. Okay. Thank Take you. Take care, Danita. Okay. Bye. 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 Um, so everybody, uh, thank you so much, and it was a really good show. I think it was good to do 45 minutes without anybody uh, as my host or guest tonight. But it felt fun to read that. We had somebody new who just left AA who really needs the blog, so we know how important it is. And um, we'll see you all next week. So everybody, write me, write if you want, a, a paragraph, uh, two paragraphs uh, that are similar, and we'll have some fun. Good night. Thank you.